Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference, or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship. I'm Jeremy Lee, and with me is my co-host and sometimes friend, <laughs> Matthew McLaughlin. What I do in hello. <laughs> you haven't done anything yet, but... Okay. I'm anticipating. You're on watch. I understand. <laughs> Last week, we did an introduction to a series that we're, uh, we've begun, talking about Christian piety and growing in piety, growing in, we talked about holiness and what else did we Spiritual talk? growth and godliness. Spiritual growth and godliness. Thank you, Matthew. Had a brain fart there. Uh, so far, you're doing good with the friend part, okay? Good. So, we began an introduction talking about what the goal of Christian piety was. Namely, it, it is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And the glorifying happens now and in eternity, as does the enjoying now and in eternity. And so really the question that we're going to turn to today and for the rest of the time is, how do we grow so that we glorify God more? How do we grow so that we enjoy God more, now and for all eternity? We're going to be talking about the biblical means of grace, and there's some other things that we'll talk about that go along with that as well. But before we delve into um, the particular thing we're going to talk about today, I just want to make clear, these, these main means of grace are channels of grace, places where we meet God, and in meeting God, God produces growth. This isn't a checklist that you check off, and if you check all these off, then then you get an A at the end of the day. And if you miss two, you get a B, and you understand the idea. This isn't a duty that you do to improve your standing in God's sight. Yes, it's a duty, but it's also a grace wherein you meet God, and, and in this meeting with God, you're, you grow in grace. And it's not just automatic, So we, because to be, think it's all automatic is to presume upon God, to just assume that I do my part and God's going to do his part and everything's going to work out fine. That's called presumption. God is called us to use these means of grace as ways to grow. Um, it's God who calls us to growth ultimately, but we are required to do, we are required to act, but it's God ultimately that calls us to growth. We're not depending then on ourselves, we're depending on God to produce the growth in our lives, to make us more pious, to make us more holy, to make us more spiritual. We're dependent on the Lord for that, not on our actions. So we we can't think that, oh, I read my Bible today, pat myself on the back, I'm super spiritual now. That's not how it happens. So we need to be aware that we use these means of grace as, as a normal avenue where God meets with his people and God works through these means to encourage growth in his people, and to bring about growth 
in his people. And so, and this is normally how God works, but that doesn't mean uh, we don't have to pray about it or think about it, and it just automatically works. So does that make sense, Matthew? It does. I'll add two things real fast. One, as Jeremy said, we do these things as a channel of grace, as he said, not because we're seeking to perform a duty to increase our standing, but rather we do them as a, out of duty to increase our delight. And then secondly, just to put scripture to this idea, so this isn't just us, this is what God says. Philippians 2, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it's God that works in you. Right. We, we provide the effort, God provides the result. Just because we put forth effort doesn't mean magically we're going to grow. But by God's grace is where growth comes from as yeah. we put forth effort. And even the effort comes from God's energy. Exactly. In us. <laughs> right. I normally talk about them as means of grace. Others talk about them as disciplines. And to me, it's just a different emphasis, right? Right. Means of grace is, is talking about God's work in us. Discipline is talking about our effort, and both are necessary. Now, when it comes to our justification, when it comes to our salvation, it's the work of God alone. But in sanctification, which is what we're talking about, the Christian life, uh, it requires our effort <laughs> energized by God and His Spirit in order to grow. So if you just let go and let God, as the popular saying goes, you're not going anywhere. Exactly. So, and, although God could smack you upside the head and get you moving, but we're going to be talking about the means of grace. I always like to do things in a logical order, and so we're going to start with the Bible. Uh, the Bible is, in my mind, the chief means of grace because all the other means of grace are found in the Bible, rooted in the Bible. So when we talk about prayer, we need prayer, or we need the Bible so that our prayers are biblical and God-honoring. Uh, when we practicing having the Lord's Supper or baptism without the Word leads to superstition. So Christian piety, then, is very Word-centered. So everything we do as Christians is really centered around the Word of God. Logically, to me, it seems like that ought to be the first thing we're going to discuss if we're going to talk about Christian growth. The Bible is central to that. The question then is, what do we need to do? How do we grow with the Bible? As you know, I love the 1689 Baptist Confession. Yes. And the Baptist Catechism that goes along with it. Uh, it this provides a good, the Catechism actually provides a good outline uh, for what we need to talk about in this area. Question five of the Baptist Catechism catechism says, may all men make use of the Holy Scripture? And the answer is, all men are not only permitted, but commanded and exhorted to read, hear, and understand the Holy Scriptures. So there's, there's three things here that the catechism tells us that we as believers need to be involved in as far as our spiritual growth is concerned. Not just Christians, but everyone needs to hear, read, and understand the Holy Scriptures. So um, we're going to look at each of these. The understanding aspect, 
uh, we're going to look at next week because it's going to take a full episode to so Matthew can teach us all hermeneutics. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh like I'm joking. No, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, today we want to talk about what it means to hear and read uh, the Word of God. For hearing the Word of God, this this is not just someone reading the scriptures to you, although that is part of it, but the preaching of the Word of God as well. And one of the underlying assumptions here is if you're hearing the Word of God, someone else is saying it. So this implies, contrary to what is popular in our day, that it's not going to be just you and your Bible sitting under a tree and praying that the Holy Spirit will direct you. The fact that we need to hear the word means someone else is saying it to us. It could be something as simple as reading the scriptures out loud in church. It wasn't long ago that if you went to a more liberal church that was more liturgical, you would hear a lot of scripture being read. They would have a lesson from the Old Testament, or the law, a lesson from the Psalms, a lesson from the gospel. Now, they completely distorted everything that was in that, but the the reading of the word they would they would do, and you go to a typical conservative church, and you'll hear a few verses cited here and there in the sermon, but that other than that, that's all the reading of the word you got. Thankfully, uh, the trends are changing, and more people are... <laughs> making a tradition of reading the scriptures in church and seeing the value of that. In fact, Timothy, or when Paul wrote to Timothy, one of the things he said that he was to concentrate on was reading the public reading of scriptures. Now, that was especially important in that day when they didn't have easy access to books. But just because we have easy access to books today doesn't mean the relevance of it has gone away. It's still important to read the scriptures together. So at our church, every service starts out with the reading of the psalm. Uh, we confess our faith together by reading our confession of faith, and we read together out loud um, a, a text of Scripture uh, that supports uh, the doctrine we just confessed. Um, and then, of course, the sermon is usually based on a portion of Scripture, uh, and it's all it's all read. So we, at our church, we, we try to read the scriptures. They're read to us. We read it together. And sure, are there more? is there more that we could do? No question about it. And we're not holding ourselves up, our church up as a model or anything, but just an example. These are important to have. They aren't, it's not just time fillers. The word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. Isaiah says it will fulfill its purposes. So the, it's important to read the Word of God together, to hear the Word of God together as it's read in the context of a local congregation. If your pastor doesn't read a lot of Scripture, maybe you can encourage him <laughs> to include more Scripture reading in church. you have any thoughts on reading Scripture and hearing Scripture in church? Well, just that just to reiterate that scripture reading 
is a corporate activity. It's a together thing. And so one of the things I want to emphasize as we go through this whole series is that the, the entire process of spiritual growth is fundamentally a together thing. And so we have to constantly keep coming back to this idea and keeping it in our minds because the culture in which we live is very quick to tell us that it's an individual thing. And so I need to f- do that. And then specifically, just on reading scripture, j- just to not get to the place where I see it as the time filler or this is this, this other element, but to understand that every time scripture is placed into my hearing that I'm asking the spirit to do his work with that text to affect my life. It it's the word of God. Right. And I think one of, <laughs> I think one of the challenges we can have though is when we spend lots of time in church week after week, we it can become this well this is what we do now. This comment and we forget right. we forget that it is the word of God. That it's literally God's words and that and we're not above that. Right. And that it matters <laughs> and it's important and it's one of the primary means that God uses to conform us into the image of the son. Right. And it's not just the reading of the scriptures either that where we hear the scriptures. It's also the preaching of the word. Uh, The Reformed believed wholeheartedly that if the preaching is faithful to the word of God, in other words, if if your pastor is explaining the biblical text in a way that's consistent with the Bible, what he is preaching then is also the word of God. And it makes sense. (laughs) If you're saying... If you're saying the same thing as the Bible, just in different words, it's not any less God's word because you're using different words. Right. Now, we have to be careful here. Obviously, our pastor's preaching is subordinate to the word. It doesn't. But if he is faithfully preaching the word of God, what he is preaching is the word of God as well. So not only do we need to hear the scriptures read, but we need to hear the word of God preached. And the Reformed people really believed that that, they, they believed that was even more important than individual devotions. Part, one reason is because, again, they didn't have easy access to books. It was easier than, than previous centuries, but it still wasn't easy and they weren't cheap. Uh, so everyone probably didn't have several copies of the Bible in their library. Although, at that time, things were getting better as far as that goes because of the invention of the printing press. So, gathering together as a church and hearing the faithful exposition of God's Word is important and probably one of the most important aspects of your spiritual growth. In many ways, it's superior to reading the Bible on your own. In many ways, not always, okay? Right. <laughs> Just want to make sure you hear that in many ways, not always. But w- one way that I can think of is the pastor will explain something that you didn't understand. The pastor will maybe dig a little deeper and start meddling in your life where you would just skim over the surface, where you're tempted to skim over the surface because you don't want that conviction. The pastor may bring comfort from scriptures that that you didn't see because you feel too guilty. 
he, he may be able with God's help to bring those things to light where you may have missed them either because you didn't understand them or because of your own conscience, for, whether it's hardened or too sensitive, you may have missed that. And the, the preaching of the word and the power of the spirit may, may be able to bypass that and reach you at a point where your personal devotions aren't going to reach you. It's not that no one has ever been saved just through reading the Bible, but I don't know many people who were saved without going to church, without having a preacher explain and expound the gospel uh, to them. Is it, that's probably true of you, isn't it? Correct. <laughs> I mean, I read the Bible before I was a Christian. It was interesting to me, but that's it. Um it was really the preaching of the word that brought with the power of the spirit that brought conviction to my heart and changed me and the, and the same thing happens even for believers we need to hear the word preached uh it's it's a valuable resource for our soul this is one of the places where god meets us and and we need to hear it i i feel like i'm rambling and repeating myself so bail me out Matthew. okay so Another aspect of why listening to preaching is good is it provides opportunity for us to have conversations about the word after the preaching is done. So yes, we get the opportunity to allow, as Jeremy said, that while normally, if we're honest, when we read scripture, there's things we might not understand that get explained. There are opportunities for conviction to be brought that we wouldn't look at, but also there's the opportunity for the word to encourage us, and for us to be able to use the word to encourage others as we hear it expounded and explained and, and we're exhorted. And so I think that's another opportunity that we can take advantage of when we hear the word preached. And I, I hope one of the things you're hearing, I think we're going to talk about this more explicitly later on, is how important church is to your spiritual growth. Up to this point, <laughs> what we're talking about is hearing the scripture. That's why I pointed out at the beginning, hearing the scriptures is impossible if you're by yourself. You need other believers in order to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To grow in Christian piety, you need other believers. And one of the chief things you need is the preaching of God's word. Um, it, it's valuable to our Christian life. And there's no excuse um, today. There's preaching on, you can get preaching on your phone. Sermon Audio has an app you can use, Ligonier Ministries. Alistair Begg, uh, Truth for Life, has resources you can hear good preaching. There's other good preachers out there that we may not even, <laughs> they may not be popular preachers. Uh, there's no reason... Um, these guys don't replace a pastor in your church because Alistair Begg is as good a preacher as he is and a pastor. If you need to get married, he's not going to give you um, premarital counseling. He's not going to, if your marriage is falling apart, he's not going to counsel you. If you die, he's not going to bury you. If you're sick, he's not going to visit you in the hospital because he's not your pastor. Your pastor will be able to think about the needs of particular people as he's preaching the word, whereas he's 
these people on the radio and podcasts aren't able to do that because they're not your pastors. So you need the biggest source of preaching of the word ought to be at your local church from your pastor. And you can fill your week with preaching by listening to others. Uh, and I, I encourage you to do so. We, we need the word. And we need it preached to us by others. And then finally, uh, the catechism says, not only do we need to, are we to hear the word, but we need to read the word as well. This is where your individual Bible study, individual reading of the Bible comes in. While we've been trying to prop up the corporate hearing of God's Word, it doesn't mean we don't care about the private reading of God's Word. Now, sometimes I think people go overboard and almost make it like you have to read the Bible every day or it's some great sin against God. The problem with that is in previous ages when everybody didn't have access to God's word, it was impossible to do that. So <laughs> if you're saying uh, reading the Bible is such a necessity that you can't be a Christian without it, and that's how I've heard people talk about it before, uh, The fundament, your fundamentalist friends, Matthew. Exactly. <laughs> the problem with that is some of the greatest martyrs of the church didn't have access to the Bible like that and couldn't have read the Bible all the time, and you're condemning them. So let's be careful how we think about that. Now, with that said, we have so many resources. There just really isn't any excuse for people not not to read the Bible. I'm not saying you have to read it every day. I'm not saying you have to read through the Bible in a year, anything like that. We ought to be turning to the Bible, reading it for ourselves frequently, as much as we are able to. I would encourage everyone to read through the Bible in a year. Um, Maybe not every year. Um, There's many ways of doing that, and uh, we'll share. I mean, it's a little late in the year to start reading the Bible program, but I'll share some resources on our Facebook page when this podcast comes up, there's many different plans. Um, there's even a resource where you can come up with your own plan. So as far as that goes, you could start today. You set up your own reading plan, what you want to read, uh, and it will tell you how much you got to read in a certain time period to get it to get it done, it'll, and it will send it to your email, and you can read it in your email. So there's all kinds of resources to help you. Uh, in your private reading the scriptures, we've already talked about you ought to be part of a church because they they need to help and guide you in this when you have questions that you can't understand. But there's there's biblical resources available online. There's all kinds of commentaries uh, that you can if you have trouble understanding. There's there's study Bibles. Uh, the ESV study Bible is great. Reformation study Bible is great. Um, there's all kinds of information. There's also all kinds of bad stuff out there. But um, well, I'll try to share some of these, not all at once, but as we're doing this series, I'll try to share some of these resources that Matthew and I would recommend and encourage you to get. We want people to read the Bible. It's hard to overstate how powerful it is to know the Word on your own. It gives you a spine to stand up to people 
who are teaching wrong things. I've seen I've seen it time and time again where somebody's upset because somebody in church told them this thing and they're not sure what to believe now. But the people that end up in that situation unsure what to believe are people who aren't reading the Bible for themselves. Um, not that people who read the Bible themselves never have any problems, but typically people who don't read their Bible end up in situations where they're doubting and, and confused about different ideas that people have. So we want to encourage you, read your Bible on a regular basis. So I've talked about reading the Bible through in a year. Tim Keller suggests reading the Psalms in 30 days. Now, <laughs> that's a big task. It may not sound that bad, but it's five Psalms a day. Um, you could do two Psalms a day and get through it in a little longer time longer period of time but that that would be a wonderful idea to do um, to go through the psalms just read two a day meditate on them think about them uh, pray them back to god and and it would be it would be a very good way of meeting with god and finding a way to grow in your faith so i want to encourage everyone to read the bible for themselves Find a translation uh, that you enjoy, or if find one that you enjoy and and read it. Uh, if you're if you have one version, find a new version and read that through for for some uh, for a change of scenery. I guess is the way to say it. Um, but read the Bible; it is absolutely important to your Christian life. So, I've rambled on, Matthew, so you need, again, you're bailing me out from my ramblings. So. That's right. So, just as just a couple other examples of resources. One, um, ESV, I know the ESV has one, I know the CSB has one. They, they make reader's Bibles if you don't want to get bogged down by th- all the, the verses, it, so it formats it more like a book, so you can yeah, use that. If you, have, if you have a difficulty reading... There are you can go on many places and find audio Bibles and you can listen to it and follow along. Right. If if for some reason, because I know sometimes people go, I I struggle with reading. Well, then listen to the Bible. But so you can. I know the ESV. I'm pretty sure the CSB. There might be the NIV. I don't remember exactly. And the NLT does too. They have the um the scripture journals. So you can just you can buy the scripture journals if you want to just work through. A book of the Bible, and it gives you a place to write and record what you're thinking and questions you want to ask. And then, and then, just to bring us back to the community aspects, so you can spend that time. Find somebody to read the Bible with you, and then you guys can get together and you talk it through. And that's another way to come back to the community. But that, that's also a really good way to help you remember. Exactly. One of the ways you suggested what this is just for reading in general but if you read something talking about it helps you put it in your mind so that's a really good suggestion but ultimately the 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 point we we want to reiterate and we know it's it's like christianity 101 but it's vitally important that we are committed to both hear the scripture and read the scripture because the scripture is where 
we find our life. It's the reason why Jesus says that in John 8, that the only way we'll be set free is when we make our abode in the Word. And so we have to make our home in Scripture, which means we have to spend time in it and understand it so we can begin, like we'll talk about next week, to comprehend it. But the only way you can comprehend something is if you hear it and you read it. Right. So spend time in the Word. Yes. So um, speaking of the Word, I'd like to read a passage I think that encourages us to hear and read and understand the Scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 14. But as for you, Paul's speaking to Timothy here, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's two things I want to point out from this text. One is Scripture gives us wisdom so that we'll be wise unto salvation. Now, the word salvation is is an all-encompassing word. It has to do with all of our uh, how God saves us. We usually think of it as justification, so when you hear that, you think, oh, so this, what Paul's saying is you need wisdom in order to be saved in the first place. But I think Paul's meaning broader than that, because Timothy's already a believer. So sanctification is also an aspect of our salvation. Christian life is an aspect of our salvation, and so... Scripture makes us wise for that as well. And we need the wisdom. Christian life's filled with trials, tests, and tribulations. We we need the Word to give us that wisdom to be able to navigate this, uh, this life. And then finally, well, not finally, verse 16, it says, Scripture is profitable, it's helpful, it's beneficial. And one of the things that it says is it trains us to that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. So in order to do do good works, which God has saved us to do, we need the Word. The Word equips us for that. Uh, without the Word, there's not going to be good works. You, you need to hear and read the Word in order to be equipped for every good work. So the Word... The Word of God, the Bible, the Scriptures are central to Christian piety. They're central to our growing in holiness and being more spiritual. You're never going to be holy, spiritual, or pious without the Word of God being central in your life, without hearing and reading it and understanding it. So So as we come to the conclusion of the episode, our encouragement this day is this. Hear the Word corporately, read the word privately, but above all else, spend time with the word, and so that in doing that, you can seek to glorify God and enjoy him forever. 
We thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it on our website at www.tworiverscc.org. We look forward to questions, comments, and dreaded hate mail at ordinaryfellowship at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship and like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever service you listen to us on. But for now, we want to thank you once again for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, where we are striving to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living.